0: Ho, ho, ho! Graham Norton here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose for another podcast. (gasps) Let's get going. Joe Wicks has a brand new book, Feel Good in 15, and he's in to share some tips with us. Sam Ewan has also got a book, Clanlands in New Zealand. Show Chef Martha has a Christmas panettone. And there's a brand new Christmas competition, Help Yourself. Elf, get it? And Maria McCurlin is clutching her letters, ready to solve two of your dilemmas in Graham's guide. Well, hello,
1: Maria. Yes, I've been darting about the studio <laughs> like a blue something fly, <laughs> and now I'm in a tiny dark corner and can barely see you.
0: But I can hear you, that's yes, the main yes, thing. Yes, This yes. is all important. I was very lonely this Christmas gathering. You were I Oh, I really
1: see it. what you did there, Graham. Yes. Thank you for my birthday treat last night, going to see Cabaret. Cabaret, oh child! Oh chum. it was spectacular, and then we reenacted it when we got home. I played the part of Sally Bowles. You were the MC, yeah. Um, sadly, we didn't film it.
0: No, they del- we delighted the neighbours though. <laughs> <laughs> they loved it.
1: Welcome, No, no, please, don't. no, don't sing. Do not sing. <laughs> it lost his
0: money. It is it, so good, and our friend Jake Shears is the MC, and he's so so good.
1: Jake Shears is fabulous, isn't he? And self-esteem as Sally Bowles, and we had a drink with Jake Shears in the Corinthia Hotel. I know. That's how showbiz we are. I Ooh-oh. know. And it was
0: gorgeous, all flowered up, and it was beautiful.
1: Absolutely. It was. It was. Yeah. I felt like Nana out for a Christmas day.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had to be very careful on the road because it was a busy London road, wasn't it?
1: Yes. I felt like I was being pushed around by you and Johnno. like, oh, we've got her for the day. When does she, when does she go back to the home?
0: Yeah, soak some bread in milk. She'll have that.
1: And then today, of course, um, the minute I leave here, Graham, I've got a whole team of hair and makeup coming in. Your glam squad. Your glam glam squad. squad. A quick facelift this afternoon at two, um, (laughs) ready for this evening. No, the only thing I will be doing is thinking, shall I wash my hair? It's whether I not have dirty hair or frizzy hair, which do you think is better? I would go with dirty. (laughs) Okay, that's that decided. Yeah. See you later. Uh, Oh, no, uh, we've got some things to do. uh, Rosie from uh, Bedfordshire. Yeah. Uh, she's coming. Hooray Rosie! Yeah,
0: uh, well uh, she didn't buy a ticket her friend had a spare one.
1: Oh. I mean, How did that happen? How did a friend have a yeah. who, who didn't want to go to this? No, I bought lots and then I sort of, <laughs> I left them on tube trains and <laughs> British Rail, British yeah. Rail, that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> yeah. does it? Hello Nana wake up! <laughs> oh,
0: uh, well look, I'm looking forward to it, are you?
1: I'm looking forward to it too
0: Yes, and if the people want to, uh, you'll be uh, at the car boot at the end, and you'll be selling some books.
1: boot sale of my books, yes, and I will sign them. And I might make Dame Nelly Norton come up and have a photograph taken up there, too. What? He doesn't want to do that, <laughs> but he's thinking, no. <laughs> no! No, no, I've agreed. I've
0: agreed to do exactly, an exactly. Uh, interview. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. uh, but what a lovely Christmas gift it would be. What
1: to have my book. Yes.
0: Under and, the tree. And, and you can personalise it, do you see? Making it really, really
1: lovely and Christmassy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Say, I never, I put, It signed them saying, I've never liked you, and this just goes (laughs) to prove it. Happy reading.
0: Virgin
2: Radio.
1: Very quickly, I've just got to say a big shout out to Gary and Lorraine, who I met at Cabaret last night. They have had enough of hamburgers and decided to go home with each other for steak. And she went down on one knee and proposed to Gary. Was this last night? Last night, While yes. While you were smoking cigarettes out the back? Yes. Oh, wow. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I was doing research for this radio show. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to Gary and Lorraine, and I hope neither of you have a hangover this morning. Or, I think
0: the, or regret.
1: Oh, I think they were <laughs> celebrating. Yes, don't forget, you could always call it off.
0: Uh, yeah, No-one knows. Oh, wait, Maria's just it on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: OK, here's your first problem of the morning, Graham Norton. Dear Graham and Maria... I'm a 26 year old man, currently living at home and making headway in the youth sector. But my passion is working for tech on media productions. Think roof mounted cameras. Really? Don't they just have drones now? Anyway I have experience at rigging outdoor high rope courses but not cameras really apart from a few big sports events I did at university which I led as a production lead and they were a big success winning us a few awards The issue is I'm having is break how to break back into the media as I've reached out to old contacts but people aren't getting back to me. Conversely I'm doing well in the youth sector at the moment, Working with vulnerable kids and helping them to change their lives. It's rewarding and hard work. I'd love to come back to it at some point, but I just really want to explore my passion for the media. Overall, I think it comes down to this. Do I take the risk and go into my passion to develop it without knowing where to turn now? Or do I keep working at my current role and keep a steady income? As a broadcaster... Hmm. Do you have any advice? And that is from Jack in Yorkshire. Uh, Jack in Yorkshire, Ah, uh, I'm a little worried for you with your roof mounted cameras, etc. And the only experience being university and reaching out to contacts. Presumably there were few that you made at university and no one's getting back to you. I sort of want to scream at you, no, you have a great job. You're really enjoying it, Jack. And um, perhaps this is what you could do. Try and combine the two. I mean, reach out to your media contacts in your capacity as a youth sector worker, working with vulnerable kids, yes. and say, you know, I would really like to show them how this industry works and, um, you know, wall-mounted cameras or whatever he's talking about, roof-mounted cameras, wall-mounted, and drones, etc., and how technology is progressing. And I think my kids would really benefit from that. Can we come and have a day where you show us around, where you explain how the things work? And the kids would really find it. I think that's the way forward because everybody wants to help vulnerable kids And if they don't want to help vulnerable kids, they're not very nice uh, in the workplace. And, you know, there's normally provision for that in most media companies to have a a kind of a way day. And you could then make some more contacts, Jack, in Yorkshire and say, I'd really like to do this. But because I think for you to throw up your job, which you actually really like and you're doing well at and you're making some money for something which is very, it's not tangible, really. You don't have any contacts other than the ones who made it university. And um, it's more of a hobby. And that technology changes all the time. So I would try and kind of combine the two for now.
0: It it, means 26. So it's been a while since university. Uh, But I would say if you do want to do this, Uh, I'm hearing, you know, roof-mounted cameras. I'm thinking, that's a young man's game. (laughs) So if you want to do it, do it now. Because you can always go back to your youth work because, you know, that's a slightly uh, more sedentary
1: uh, but If you don't have any contacts and no one's getting back to you, this is a kind of pie-in-the-sky idea, Jack. I hate to sound like your mum.
0: Well, no, because he's only contacted his contacts. There must be loads of companies that do this. So contact the people you don't know. You know, keep knocking on doors. You don't have to quit your job. You don't to you do know, it. No, no no you don't but you just keep keep you know, if if this is what you want to do, pursue it because you can't pursue it till someone gives you a job. You know, Jack just putting some cameras on roofs isn't going to go anywhere because no one will see what's coming out of the cameras. (laughs) Um,
1: But but You've got to actually be working for someone and have film in the cameras or digital stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So I I would say, Jack, uh, you don't have to make, you know, your big decision, you don't have to make it because it'll happen for you. You know, if you get a job, then take it. But you can just apply and plug away while you're doing your youth work and if nothing comes of it, then shut up about it and get on with your life, I would say.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's difficult because he's 26 and he doesn't really have much experience other than university. And this is a growing market, drones, etc. And there's a lot of people doing it. So there's possibly a reason people aren't getting back to you. Because maybe your CV, Mm. even though you won awards at university, that a while ago. I mean, what do you think of my idea about maybe going out and making some contacts in that sector with his vulnerable kids?
0: Well, the vulnerable kids will have a nice time, but so I, I, I don't think it'll help him. Well, he
1: can make some contacts.
0: Well, yes, I'm that guy. But, you know, I think if you're interested in drones, watch Vigil, episode, um, series two tonight. Ah, oh,
1: good. I like that bit of plugging. It's very drone-based. Drone-based. Everything is Drone-based. <laughs> It's all about the drone. Should we shut up now? Should we stop droning on? Oh!
0: Oh! oh. (laughs) Uh, responses are part one. And today, ooh, lucky responders, my favourite responder, will be getting a Waitrose Christmas chocolate and caramelised biscuit brioche wreath. Ooh! Quicker to eat than to uh, name, but there you go. It's uh, it's a twist on a babka, buttery brioche wreath with caramelised biscuit filling and dark chocolate, hand-twisted and topped with dark chocolate hazelnuts and a caramelised biscuit crumb. Hello. That sounds delicious. Paula in South Petherton says, If Jack's passion is to work in media, he should go onto the website of every company he'd like to work for, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and follow the careers link. It should show him what options are available. In the meantime, keep his present job until he finds his dream job. That's it. Don't quit the hit. Stay there. Uh, Thank you, Paula. Tracy's a HR director. There's always one. Well done. Uh, Don't resign. Keep your job and salary. You have limited contacts and network in media, likely why they haven't come back to you. You need more contacts and there needs to be regular interactions with them. I would do both. If you can't get paid for the media job, then volunteer to do this in your spare time. That way you'll get experienced contacts and still have your paid job. Not sure the media job will be what you think it is long-term. Your current job sounds as if it's more long-term career and could offer more opportunities. So says a HR Director, Tracy. Thank you very much. Uh, Harry... Is he in Yorkshire? There you go. He'll know. I studied photography at university and was adamant I wanted to be a freelance photographer working on jobs. How wrong I was. I worked at it for a bit, fell into a few jobs at creative agencies and photo agencies. I realised I loved working behind the scenes as an agent and producer. What I would suggest to Jack is to speak to the places where drone and video work get made, commissioned and produced. Find a different way of being connected to that world. You will soon realise if you want to do it or not, or find a new position within that world the road to finding what's right for you isn't easy good luck most people will help you if you just ask be yourself be genuine the good people in the industry will find you night what, what a great encouraging words uh, from harry from yorkshire who's found his way and now a waitrose christmas chocolate and caramelised biscuit brioche wreath is winging its way to harry in yorkshire
1: guide. there we go okay Yeah. A topical question. Dear Graham and Maria, my partner is absolutely terrible at buying presents in every possible way. She leaves it until the last minute, picks out really random items, and frankly, it just feels like she's wasting money on things that people don't want. We always spend Christmas with my family, and while I thought it was only me feeling the effects of this... I decided not to bring it up and instead appreciate her thoughts of buying a gift. However, this year my mum and my sister and my dad have all messaged me separately to tell my partner that she really doesn't need to get them anything this year. After some further probing, they've all admitted that they appreciate her spending the money but never have any use for the presents she buys and so don't want her to waste her time and hard-earned wages on misguided, miscellaneous presents. How on earth do I approach this with my girlfriend? Do I lie to save her feelings or tell her the truth? No one wants to make her feel bad, especially not me. But does she need to know? And that's from Bill in Swansea. Well, Bill in Swansea, you sound like a nice person. Because you know that it comes from a good place, that she's... You know, Christmas is what that time when we like seeing people opening presents that we have bought them. There's some, you know, it's a celebratory thing. Opening presents and giving presents is as nice as getting them, frankly. So I think what you just have to do in a way that only you know how, Bill, is just say to her, hey, save your last minute, you know, running around the shops and buying that rubbish by the tills that no one wants, books about cats ice skating... And- and the like. Um, and mum and dad and sister have said what they would really like this year is this. Uh, you know, you have to say to your parents, she's gonna buy you something. We can avoid her buying you something that you'll never use and will just go to landfill or to the charity shop or clutter up your house. Buy getting what you want her to get. You know, if you need some new hair products, if you need some deodorant, if you need some... Th- just tell her the sort of thing that you will use because nobody wants any more rubbish, you know, and we all put presents in drawers, don't we, ready to recycle for someone else. But my drawer present is now overflowing. And also, it's that
0: thing you have to remember who gave it to you in case you give it back to them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always
1: pleasing, isn't it? But also, what's wrong
0: with Bill? Like, you're a couple... But you step up, you buy them. You, you say this is from me and
1: da 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 Well clearly his girl Bill's girlfriend gets a lot of pleasure from the from buying the presents. Even she, if she
0: does it at the last minute. She does it, she it at the last minute. Randomly.
1: I know, but sometimes people like doing that. It's her money to spend how she wants. But you know, we'd all much rather have things that we need, however pedestrian. You know, I know we laugh at socks and things like that, but um, if that's what you need,
0: you can't have too many.
1: You can never have too many because no. they all go missing in the end. You do. You only ever have one of a <laughs> pair for about a week before they go missing. They hide underneath the dryer.
0: But Bill, I, yeah, I just think, just say to your um, your partner, look, let's buy presents together this year, or the, or, or lie and say there's a cap. So, uh, everything has to be under tenor.
1: Nobody ever, uh, no one ever goes with that because they, all, everybody wants to buy the best present. You're doing it with such good grace, getting a present. And you normally buy things that you'd like yourself because then you go, oh yeah, I'd love that. They'll love that too. And they won't love that. So, it just, it's. It doesn't take anything away from the present if they know what it is or if they know what you're going to get. It just means that the thing will be used and not landfilled. Yes. And also, Bill, don't just watch
0: your partner do
1: this. Do it with her. Well, so, no, got, you're so, well, down no, on Bill today, well, aren't no, you? Oh, no, I'm just kind of thinking, well,
0: say, oh, let's get, uh, my mom is a big fan of whatever, let's get tickets for the concert in the <laughs> That's summer or whatever. It. Just something. Don't just watch her kind of buy, you know, a. A, you know a, a life-sized giraffe or something don't you know oh i'd like that i know that would be great as i said it i was thinking Ooh, a life giraffe mm-hmm. 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 come on hamleys uh, <laughs> uh, so oh, better bill... still a real giraffe <laughs> oh yes oh you could adopt one yeah, <laughs> yeah. At a,
1: adopt a giraffe yeah, that's
0: right at, at a giraffe rescue center mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know for the stray giraffes i just feel bill uh you 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 certainly don't tell your your partner the, the truth you don't say everyone thinks you're rubbish at this yeah you you help uh, choose the presence
1: yeah Say we're going to get. I think you're right, and we've talked about this before. It's experience, isn't it? We like get them tickets. I mean, gosh, everything's so expensive though. you get tickets for cabaret, you get tickets for this show, and then they're, they're having an experience rather than a physical stuff thing that's going to yeah. go in a. Mind drawer.
0: you, that advice has backfired. You told that lady to go to Sunset Boulevard. She was not happy.
1: Or because she said she would be crying and it would be making sad memories. Yeah. I didn't say what sort of <laughs> memories she would be making, though, did I? Sad, so, happy. All right, let it go. Let, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to go. Round Anda. Da,
0: responses part two. And again, my favourite responder will be getting a waitress Christmas chocolate and caramelised biscuit brioche wreath. Easy for me to say. There you go. <laughs> That's what you're getting. Andrew in Stockton on Tees. Uh, agree as a family to stop buying Christmas presents and just buy for the children, if any. Just buy for birthdays. The present for the adults is the social family time together over the Christmas period. There you go. Yeah, my time. I showed up. What more do you want? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark near He needs to make sure he gets the receipts of his partner, pass them on to the relatives, and they get get the money back. I mean, that's just more time. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Charlotte de de Ali. It's very pant Charlotte Charlotte de Ali. Why not encourage her to buy a charity-based gift, such as an, an, an adoption, at an animal sanctuary? That way everyone is happy and brownie points for being charitable at Christmas. That's a good idea, Charlotte. That is a good idea. Uh, Candace says, why is she buying Christmas gifts for his family? Every Christmas and birthday, I leave my husband to get his family gifts. If they're not happy with them, it's essentially their own fault. They raised him. I always think it's a bit odd that the wife often does the shopping for gifts. Anyway... Uh, my Graham is better at choosing gifts than I am I bought him a pack of three pairs of pants for his 40th and I've never been forgiven it was lockdown but I should have done better yes they delivered during lockdown there was (laughs) There was no reason not to get a better present than three pairs of pants for his 40th. That's almost a dumping offence, Candice, I would have said. But there, there, there you go. Uh, thank you for your advice for Bill in Swansea. Um, who's going to get the Waitrose Christmas Chocolate and Caramelised Biscuit Brioche Wreath? Well, that is going to go to uh, Charlotte. Charlotte de, Charlotte D'Eye, our very posh uh, correspondent there.
2: The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose, food, To feel good about
0: Virgin Radio I am now joined By my first guest today I I like a guest That needs no introduction And he's here Joe Wicks Hello Good morning How you doing I'm very well Uh, Feel good in 15 Uh, These are 15 Now it's, it's 15 minutes And it's not just cooking
3: yeah, so obviously in the past I've done sort of cookbooks and I've done fitness and cookbooks. So this is really a combination of three things, right? So firstly, the 15-minute recipes, which we love, you know, quick, simple food, 15-minute um, workouts, so hit routines, strength routines, um, mobility stuff. And then the new kind of content that I really kind of introduces the sort of health hacks and sort of lifestyle tips to help you find that 15 minutes
0: to do one thing positive. Yeah, so. and presumably this has happened because of all the change in your own life.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously now I've got three kids, you know, it's getting harder to find time. <laughs> Sleep's difficult, so I talk a lot about the importance of sleep, um, getting a sleep routine, and also little things with a family, like activities that don't involve a screen or a device, you know, getting outside in nature. Yeah. These things might not transform your body physically, but mentally, it's good for you, it's good for the kids. So it's little little, tr- little tips and hacks that I've learned along the way that can really help you, yeah. you know, feel good.
0: And I suppose for you, must what must be difficult is because your work is kind of health and fitness and all of these things how do you how do you switch off because you know you're telling us to do these things but when you do them it's kind of you're at work yeah
3: yeah and I always say sometimes if I'm filming a workout for YouTube or my, my fitness app I still have to sort of then put the camera down and go and do my own workout for me do you know I'm not performing not sort of doing it and people say well I haven't you done enough already but it's sort of like my way of just getting a bit of stress and you know de-stressing from my life of, of of as the body coach but yeah i've still got things like you know going in the you might think i'm mad but i like going in the cold shower the ice baths i saw know. the picture i've yeah. started doing things like um just going for walks in nature to slow my brain down a bit because with the phone comes the stress and the media and it's constant, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to get activities that really step away from the phone, leave that in, the, in another room or go downstairs and you know, like little bedtime routine where you don't take your phone in the bedroom because that's the thing where it's so disruptive to our sleep. Yep. Yeah. So I've got this nice little loomy alarm clock where it lights up and tweets like a bird in the morning. <laughs> and so I wake up from that as opposed to my phone where I pick it up, bang, straight on Instagram. that's an important change like it's changed my life it's helped me sleep and i'm not so anxious when i wake up straight away
0: but also it's difficult for you i guess because you know that's a lot of again that's a lot of your job is engaging with people on social media and stuff
3: yeah it's my you know it's, it's what i spend most of my time doing so my brother nicky is the ceo of the company he does all the kind of you know development of the app and managing and hiring people but for me personally all i do is film workouts and recipes and engage and inspire and motivate and so i still do a lot of dms i do a lot of voice notes and things and i have to stay in touch with that because if I detach from that then it kind of you forget the impact and you just think it's just numbers on the screen it's just YouTube views and it's subscribers and stuff so I really am in touch with my audience and still love that human connection between people
0: yeah yeah and these recipes I mean they look delicious but how old's you, uh, your eldest kid now? so I've got a five a three and a one year old so can you get a five year old to eat the food in this book?
3: Yeah, you know, I've got all my kids. One of the, I think one of the greatest skills we can teach our children is to like fall in love with exercise and to fall in love with cooking and just bring them into that a little bit. Even if it's the most basic things like you're making porridge and they put on their, you know, peanut butter or berries at the end, that's involved, you know, get them involved. And so, yeah, I get the kids involved with the cooking. And I think because of that, they're quite adventurous with food. Um, but yeah, there's some things that, you know, if there's a bit of chili in, you might remove the chili in certain yeah, things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think food needs to be quick and it needs to be able to sort of batch cook. So if you're someone who leaves the house and you know you're, you're out all day long, you are going to rely on you know, convenience food or ultra-processed foods. Whereas if you've got a nice little lunchbox or a bit of leftover bolognese or something, you know, you whack it in the microwave at work and you're, you're kind of giving yourself that chance to stay, stay lean, to feel good and feel energised. Um, so it's little hacks like that, little kind of tips. Yeah, because
0: like when you're sending your five-year-old off, presumably you, you do school lunches and things for him.
3: Yeah, so, my, well, we do packed lunches and things. Yeah, yeah, so, you yeah. know, I'm trying always trying to think, what can I do other than sandwich? You know, what can I do that's different? And so, you know, the best thing was I got a little thermos flask, you know, like an old school thermos oh, yeah. flask. Um, I heat it up with a little bit of hot water so it stays nice and warm. And I'll throw in things like, you know, little bit of soup, i friend stir fries, i friend little curries and things. So he eats that at nursery and he loves it. So, you know, there's ways of giving your kids healthy foods that isn't necessarily a cold sandwich. And, and that's nice to try now and again. Imagine the
0: other parents, we go, oh, Joe Wicks, look what he's done. He's <laughs> curry in a flask. Now look. The, the
3: key is to start them young. It's just <laughs> My kids, you know, is that people ask, why do your kids eat so well? And it's like, there's no choice. They get, we eat together. There's one meal, that's it. There's one meal we eat together and that's it. Do you know what I mean,
0: I, yeah. I feel like more parenting should be that's it. <laughs> that's it. There isn't a choice. You know, the things where like, people talk about, "Oh, my children, they don't want to move," or something. You no, know, they're children. Put them in the car. They're going. That's where they're going. Yeah. Well done, you, Joe Wicks. Yeah, that is the one dinner. <laughs> and were you saying this is your twelfth cookbook now?
3: Yeah, which is mad to say because I started out obviously in twenty fifteen on Instagram throwing. Food in the microwave in front of the pan, you know, bish-bash-bosh, and that's leaning 15, and had no vision of ever having a cookbook. So, obviously, when I got the book, I was like, I'll give it a go, and you know, see how it goes, and here I am, 12 books later, it's mad.
0: Well, but th- what's incredible, that the, I think with the Lean 15, it's the second highest selling cookbook of all time.
3: Yeah, pin- I can't believe it. So, Jamie Oliver, obviously, he's the king, he's the goat, he's obviously got the but <laughs> but I, I wasn't far behind, and I always think, yeah, look, that was... It was just the right idea at the right time. I think people needed that little bit of inspiration. I use technology and social media, but, you know, it's harder to get through to people now. I think people are cooking less than ever. I think you've really got to inspire people to get back in the kitchen and yeah. enjoy it again.
0: No, funny, I just had Jamie Oliver on the, the chat show, and he was saying that, the you know, the data from supermarkets is that people are cooking less and less
3: yeah definitely yeah I mean it's um it's a trend because of technology because of life and stress and pressure we're under and then obviously the way we move so quick and then you throw in technology where food can get delivered to your door in seconds you know it is and it's convenience will always win won't it so we have to kind of it's okay to rely on those things now and again but you've got to try your best to go back to basics you know getting in the kitchen Whole ingredients, you know, batch cooking a nice big bolognese or a chili and you know, you come in the next day and it's there, we've gotta do is throw a bag of mi- you know, rice in the microwave and you've got another meal. So it's not like every day you've got to be in the kitchen for hours and hours. Yeah. But I think sometimes setting yourself up on a say a Sunday and just doing a couple of days' lunch or a few few bowls of overnight oats, you know, that's great and you're gonna feel better for it. You're gonna feel good in the inside.
0: Oh, those bircher oats in there, the gorge yeah. of the brulee. With the brulee, yes, yeah. yeah. so you sort
3: of you sort of fry you sort of grill some um citrus fruits and it becomes like a sort of brulee with citrusy fruits on yeah so like i love oats and eggs quick things because i imagine i've got three kids and they're all pulling at my feet they're trying to get you know i've got to get out the, get out the door to get, get them to nursery and stuff and so i think the quicker the food can be the more realistic it's going to be and that's what i've made these recipes like super like when i say 15 minutes it's not like 20 minutes or 25 like it really is 15 minutes and yeah. i think that's a good promise really
0: and when you started doing the recipes on on you know instagram and youtube and stuff like what were you what else were you doing like what, were you what how are you making a living
3: so that was when i was living in a flat in surbiton above a kfc with my girlfriend at the time and i was running a boot camp so you know i was a personal trainer i, I was doing classes. Oh, like those, oh yeah, out, yeah so about, yeah. groups of 10 or 20 people would come yeah. 10 of a class or I'd, I'd do personal training which is like you know 40 quid an hour, and I I loved it. I worked at people's houses, I worked in the parks, I was quite independent in that that sense. But when Instagram came along with these videos, I thought, well, it's a 15 second video, it's all you could have in the first time, you know, you couldn't do longer videos. So 15 second video, 15 minute recipe, and I called it Lean in 15, and I just shouted it one day, bosh, and that right there is Lean in 15. And that became this thing that sort of people picked up on and students were sort of cooking up I, I really am proud that i've got a lot of people that probably never cooked yeah. cooking and that was my kind of that was my entry to food because i was self-taught i was just learning as i went along something
0: yeah. but that is not and also i love that you know you had this huge success with the cookbooks so you must have thought i'm as successful as i could ever be and then along came lockdown and that must have just changed your life
3: again it definitely took things to another level because obviously before if you'd followed me on instagram you might have heard of me and done a few of the workouts yeah. but and there was a little bit of a buzz around sort of the recipes, but in terms of the fitness stuff, that was my YouTube channel was relatively small, but that day, you know, lockdown kicked in. I, I went live, I had 900,000 live connections. So a lot of people, because what happened was schools had sort of said, look, this is going to be our PE for the day. We know Joe, we trust him. You know, it was 10 years of tr- you know, yeah, trust yeah, yeah. building. So when I went live, you know, it was like every day for 18 weeks and teachers and schools were saying, guys, this is your PE lesson, like you've got to stay fit. And everyone sort of got involved for those weeks, you know.
0: And then, so you're getting, I, you're getting, you know, more and more more famous. But in lockdown, what was it like for you when lockdown ended and you actually left your house and you realized, oh wow, this is very different now?
3: Well, the fir- for the first time ever, because I'd never been like in the media in a sense, like you know, being followed by Paps. But there was one day where I went outside with my little girl, Indy, like just to go to the shops, you know, your hour a day or whatever. And um, <clears throat> someone like, you know, grabbed, papped a photo of me and I'm in like my socks and flip-flops. I'm in the right state. And I, it was the first time I felt, wow, like there's people like trying to catch photos of us and stuff. So yeah, it was a bit weird, but that it was literally a two week moment in time and it's completely like it, that's passed. And I live a very nice, you know, relaxed, quiet life out in Surrey with the kids and I'm not in that kind of bubble. It was, it was a moment in time and now I'm not that interesting. So I'm like getting on with my YouTube, and my app and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, how much pressure do you have personally to kind of like to look, you know, because you can't take you know a couple of weeks off or anything, can you? You've got to keep at it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm in that predicament now. Where I've actually got like a, a slight tear in my rotator cuff muscle, so like my shoulder doesn't feel quite right. I'm trying to rest that, and you know, yeah, I've got to be in shape because I've got to be inspiring and motivating. So I always say, if I'm not living by the principles of that book, if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not eating well and, and exercising, I'm not, I'm not the body coach. I don't wake up motivating and inspiring. So I've really got to live that life to to be to be kind of encouraging other people to do the same so yeah yeah, i think having a break is difficult um but again, I have, I have a couple of weeks here and there where I just say, look, no social media, no no content. And when I come back, I sort of re-energise for it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, listen, 15 minutes, it's totally achievable. Um, 15 Feel good in 15 minutes. Uh, recipes, workouts and health hacks. Joe Wicks, thank you so much for coming in to see us. Thank you so congratulations much. congratulations on all your success. Long may it continue. Still to come, Sam Yoon has a new book, Clanlands in New Zealand, and pops in to tell us all about it. And there's a Christmassy competition. Help yourself. But first... Hello, Martha.
4: Hello, good morning.
0: Uh, what have you made us today?
4: Oh, we're in breakfast mood today. We're, um, you, have to, you have to transport yourself to Christmas morning and pretend that it's the first thing you've woken up and you're like, right, what's for breakfast? And this is what's for breakfast. It is the best French toast. So it's a panettone French toast because we had to give it that Christmas twist.
0: Wow. Okay. See, you made the lovely sticky bread. Mm. What was that? The the cardamom bread. Yes, the
4: cardamom bread.
0: We thought that was our Christmas (laughs) Day breakfast, (laughs) but no. No, we've upgraded. We're now (laughs) the best Panettone French toast. Uh, So, (laughs) I mean, it does look. I mean, yeah, this is a lot. It's quite sweet, I imagine.
4: It is quite sweet. We're not adding any extra sugar to it, and you don't need to kind of douse it in the syrup because you've got your Panettone. But yes, the sticky buns we did last week were more for your. I'm a a very organised, going to get myself ready for Christmas Day. This is for the, you're waking up on Christmas Day, oh no. (laughs) I've done the lunch, but what shall I do? But if you've got a panettone, which I think... everyone does. Everyone has one, and people don't know what to do with it. And as soon as you've cut it, it starts going a bit dry. Yeah. But dry panettone is perfect for this.
0: Well, and you're so right everyone has it because everyone it's such a gift isn't it you go to a party you bring a box of panettone because it looks <laughs> nice and then it just sits there and goes what am I going to do with that
4: yeah literally so bread and butter pudding with panettone is very nice but if you want it for breakfast french toast is great because you rehydrate it with all those love that kind of lovely custody filling um, and then it gets fried and then we're topping it with some oranges and some almonds and a bit of yoghurt so it's still got a little bit of lightness to it
0: oh okay I stupidly thought that was double cream
4: oh that would be that, w- <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot (laughs)
0: Okay, it's yoghurt. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, So talk us through. We've got our dry panettone. (laughs) What are we we doing?
4: You've got your dry panettone ready for repurposing, and it can be any kind of panettone. It can be the ones with chocolate in it. It can be the ones with the fruit in it, the more traditional one. So first, you want to put your oven on low to 150, because the likelihood is you're probably making breakfast for more than just yourself, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to have six frying pans going. So have your oven on low and put a little dish in there to keep everything warm whilst whilst you're doing your frying. Then you want to take an egg, some cinnamon and then the zest of an orange and some vanilla extract and kind of whip that together in a bowl with some milk. It makes this kind of like really thin custard, which we're going to use to rehydrate the panettone. So then we're taking our panettone, slicing it into nice thick slices, about 2.5 centimetres thick. Nice. They then get dunked in our egg mixture and you want to hold them kind of under under the surface for about 20 seconds. So they start to absorb too long and it will start to disintegrate and too short you won't get it all the way through so 20 seconds hold it in okay then we've got some butter melted in a frying pan a non-stick one is perfect for this and you want to just take your soaked bread stick it into the frying pan and then it cooks for about three to four minutes on each side until they kind of start to look like pillows like puffy pillows rather than just colored on one side yeah which means the eggs cooked all the way through and you can be confident in serving it. Then you just want to pop that into the oven, keep it warm until you've fried as much panettone as <laughs> as you've got left.
0: <laughs> okay.
4: And then you serve it up. And I like to serve it with some toasted almonds. You've zested an orange, so you might as well use the inside. So cut that into nice little segments. The flaked almonds go over the top. Big dollop of natural yogurt for the tang.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, I've got in- in-laws coming for Christmas. I think they might be eating this Christmas morning. Oh, because they, I think they would go ooh and ah and be very impressed by me.
4: Well, it's an honour to have made your Christmas <laughs> your Christmas Day schedule.
0: Yeah. In-laws it, will it, be sitting there with some dry toast a good morning. Uh, we listened to you on the radio. Apparently, those of us be eggy panettone, French toast. Yeah. Uh, not so much. Not so much. I. No one gave me panettone.
4: Just panettone. There's <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, panettone. Make it yourself. It's very simple. Uh, all right. Well, if you want uh, to see that full recipe, you could head to waitrose.com/slash/showchef. Uh, you can see that recipe and. And indeed, all of Martha's recipes. You could also check out how gorgeous it looks, how mouthwatering it is, uh, on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Uh, ho, ho, ho! Have a lovely Christmas week, and I'll talk to you next weekend.
4: See you next week. Well, now
0: here we go. It's our Christmas competition. Help yourself. Help yourself, and the elf is here. Hello, Jack the elf. Hello, Graham. Oh, no, it's a voice. He's doing a voice. <laughs> If you haven't seen an elf dance to Taylor Swift, you haven't lived. Uh, right, the elf is primed and ready to go. We time to meet our callers. Uh, first up is Alfie. Hello, Alfie. Try, try. Good morning. Oh, oh, there you are, Alfie. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm a grand, thanks. Where are you, Alfie? Uh, I'm in Maidenhead. Maidenhead. Lovely. And what are you getting up to uh, this Christmas Sunday?
3: Uh, it's a nice, chilled one actually. Nice and relaxing. All right, uh, well, a not just listening to you, and then I, I thought I'd enter this. And yeah.
0: And look, you, you're going to win something. You are going to win something. Uh, let's find out who you're playing against. It's uh, Ellis. Hello, Ellis. Uh, hi there, guys. Oh, we got it, Ellis. Where are you, Ellis? Uh, I'm in Chelmsford. Chelmsford. And what are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm just getting ready for work. Unfortunately. Oh, what do you do? I'm a chef.
0: We might as well give it up. Uh, Where where do you work?
1: Uh, I work in um, this uh, local to my area. Okay. Yeah, in a five-star hotel, yeah. So I'm just obviously getting ready for Christmas and stuff. It's uh, pretty busy there at the moment. Oh,
0: that sounds exhausting. Well, listen, hopefully uh, we can uh, uh, give you something nice today uh, from Under the Tree. Uh, So, uh, Alfie and Ellis, here's what's Under the Tree. You will either get a Waitrose Shimmering Salmon Mousse. There's Waitrose Feta Popcorn with Hot Honey. There's a Graham Norton and Waitrose Christmas Edition gift box. It has champagne, chocolates, lots of other goodies in it. Or the big one... £250 voucher to spend at Waitrose. Okay? So, there's no... There's no losers here. Okay? So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you the intro. It's a very well-known Christmas song. And whoever gets the name of the song and the artist right first, you get the first chance to pick a present. Okay? Yeah? Okay. Yep, Alfie and Ellis are on it. And what do they do? They just shout out their name. You just shout out your own name. Okay? So, okay. Shout, yeah. You, you, that bit, you know. Yeah. I'll. So, Alfie or Ellis, here we go. This is the intro. First one in, wins. Either of you? Uh, Alfie? Uh, I think I heard Alfie first, yep.
1: Uh, will I carry all I want for Christmas?
0: Well done, Alfie and Maidenhead. Okay. Uh, now, you get to choose one, two, three, or four. The elf is primed, What would, which number present would you like? Uh, number two, please. He's going for number two? Okay. The elf is picking up number two. He's opening the box. What's in there, Jack?
1: Oh, boy! You've won £250 Waitrose voucher! Hey! Oh, really,
0: uh, well done, Alfie! All right, oh, uh, well done you. Alright, it's your turn, Ellis. You, you're not going to get 250 quid, but there are other prizes there. What would you like? Uh, one, three, or four?
1: Uh, I'll go for number three.
0: Number three. What, what What? has Ellis got?
1: Oh boy, Graham Norton and Rachel's Christmas Edition gift box. Hey, hey, that's good. That's
0: champagne. It's chocolates. It's all sort of Christmas goodies. So you both oh, won big. You. One big. Uh, Ellis, don't work too hard at your five-star uh, hotel. I, I, <laughs> I, I worked in catering for many years. Christmas, it is hell. So, yeah, it is hell.
3: <laughs> the only plus, side is you get to eat all the nice food.
0: So. Oh, that's something. That's something. Uh, listen, yeah. en- enjoy that, Ellis. Don't do it. And uh, congratulations to Alfie. 250 quid to spend at uh, Waitrose. Well done, you. Oh, that's brilliant.
1: Thanks, Graham.
0: All right. Enjoy the rest of your lazy day. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for playing. All right. Cheers. Congratulations to you both. Take care now. Bye-bye. And a big thank you to Jack the Elf. Well, Thank you, Graham. Beautifully done. Back to the North Pole with you, the
2: Graham Norton Radio
0: Show with Waitrose food to feel good about. The Virgin Radio. He's here, ladies and gentlemen, Outlander himself, uh, Sam
2: Ewan. Hello. Hello. Good to see you.
0: Nice to see you. Um, so you bring us a new book, Clanlands in New Zealand. Obviously, this is a, a you know a, a sequel to the first Clanlands. Mm. So, and the, because of the success of that book, but how did that one
2: come about? That's a very good question. Yes. So the first book was. Uh, an insight into this road trip we went around Scotland, myself and Graham McTavish, in a camper van exploring the cultural heritage of Scotland. Uh, we were writing during COVID online. I was one half of the world, he was the other. And I realized at the time we were basically arguing. I could see as he typed, this is what happened. Oh, yes. <laughs> had a great time. And then I realized... Uh, that I completely disagreed with what happened. So it's an argument, basically, the whole book.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, but did you do the road trip for the book, or it was it was the book after the
2: road trip? So it's a companion piece to our TV show that I created called Men in Kilts. Um, which is a six-parter, the first one in Scotland, all looking at the heritage and the culture and the history there. And we realised there's this great Scottish connection to New Zealand. So that's why we went to New Zealand.
0: Ah, okay. And when you go to New Zealand, is it you and Graham putting it all together? Or is there a kind of a New Zealand expert sort of going, okay, here are the things you've got to do?
2: You would hope so, yeah. But no, (laughs) we we did. We put it all together. He lives there. Uh, He shot The Hobbit there. Uh, I've always wanted to go. So um, I'm huge into adrenaline sports, into, into history and culture. And there is this this Scottish connection, which was so interesting. But also, not only that, the Maori. The Maori people, you know, learning about their heritage. Yeah. We got to go to Marae, which is a local sort of community. We got to learn the haka, we did the waka race. It was, you know, a sort of a deep dive into their culture as well.
0: And is it fair to say you are slightly keener on the adrenaline uh, sports than Graham?
2: Yeah, so in the first season when we were in Scotland, I realized when I pushed him over a cliff called Kilt Rock in the Isle of Skye, I realized that he hated it. And I realized this was TV gold. So I was like, how can I? So who would like that? Right. right. He's, He's, you know, he plays these brave Highlanders, but actually he's a bit of a pussycat. So I realized, okay, I love this what is higher and more extreme. And in New Zealand, they created extreme sports. Yes. From bungee jumping to zorbing to, you know, ziplining. And it, yeah, so I made him do it all. And did he... Grow Survive. To, to, well, he survived. <laughs> he did, survived, yeah. Did he grow to enjoy any of it? Do you know what? I think after a while, he was sort of um, just oblivious to it. I mean, Maybe too much adrenaline. He was sort okay. of shell-shocked. So yeah. by the end, he was fine. So I put him on the Nevis Swing, which is the highest... The bungee swing in new zealand where you fall backwards upside down and um I mean, he did cry, but it, there were sort of <laughs> tears of happiness, I think. Yeah,
0: that he was alive. He was al-
2: yes, he survived uh, no But more. it's not just that. Uh, you see obviously loads of delicious wine and food, oh, and yes. you, you do that too. We do, yes. Um, we, I, he's a bit of an Epicurean. I, too, love my, uh, my spirits. Of course, I have my own spirits company. But, yeah, we went to Black Barn which is an amazing uh, wine producer there. Um, and then we went to Fleur's Place, which is this famous woman that um, has this old whaling house right on the tip of of one of the islands, the South Island. And um, she she makes all these sort of traditional dishes, like sort of fish cooked in kelp. And it was just amazing. So we filled our bellies. Wow. How long were you there for? Um, Well, I was actually there four weeks, but actually at the same time I had to do the quarantine the MIQ so it was 10 days in sort of isolation basically oh, right. in a cell have, yeah. they, have they stopped that now? they have they have but at the time this was you know two years ago now and um, yeah I almost lost my mind in there actually it was it was literally like being in prison
0: it sounds pretty grim a friend of mine did it yeah, and, uh,
2: yeah. yeah. They, they just deliver the food and, yeah someone yeah. sort of knocks on your door and you get this sort of plate of something that's not very healthy and then that's it I paced up and down for days in my room I kind of went almost mad I thought I'm going to escape this facility (laughs) and they boarded up my window I don't know why but I found out when I left there were other rooms that had like a balcony and people were sunbathing and they're out and and I was in this sort of airtight container no view I think they were trying to get their own back
0: um sorry who 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 you Who do I need to talk to in New Zealand
2: <laughs> Yeah I think Samuel needs new management because <laughs> that, that's ridiculous That's right I guess I guess you know they were they were starting the the bar very low so by the time I left New Zealand I loved it Well no I bet you did I mean you, anyone would have loved your trip but
0: after that it must have been incredible It
2: was freedom freedom was incredible and yeah. actually I've slightly institutionalized by the end I was kind of like I didn't want to leave by the end of 10 days. Yeah. I sort of got myself a routine. But yes, it's an incredible country. Amazing landscapes from, you know, jungle, alpine yeah. to, um, to to the shores, to, you know, the, the the maritime stuff as well. I mean, we dived with great white sharks. You know, we went kite surfing and everything. Yeah. And then how do you manage all the uh,
0: beautiful photography? How does that happen? Is somebody with you doing that?
2: Uh, yes, yes. No, So we have a team, obviously. Um, we're driving this camper van around. We put sort of GoPros on it. But we do have a whole uh, team as well, you know. And um, I think we needed it. Otherwise, we would have got very, very lost, you know, if you put up with my driving. I'm pretty bad, to be honest.
0: And, and, you know, it is a lot of time to spend with someone, even if you were friends with someone and you mm. work with them. Mm being in a camper
2: van for that long is different It it, it is you learn a lot about their bodily functions mm. and um, no we get on very well we're very competitive and part of the show especially in the first season in Scotland we had a sort of competition you know we would uh, compete in a lot of sports we did the Highland Games in Scotland so we threw cabers and, and, and picked up heavy stones and, and in New Zealand we tried to continue that but I realised quite early on that Graham was actually quite good he's actually quite good at stuff and so he actually beat me in most of Things apart from the welly tossing, okay. You yeah. you have a gift. I do. I'm a quite a good
0: tosser. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah. And yourself, and Graham, is you're going into the the final season of Outlander.
2: I am yes yes the final season we have been working on the show now for eight seasons this will be the eighth one so it's a decade 10 years um wow. 10 years in the ginger wig uh, and it's <laughs> uh it's been incredible it's changed my life Graham honestly it's been such an amazing journey great character um and it's gonna be bittersweet definitely when we finish yeah it. yeah and you know
0: obviously when you make something you hope it's going to be a success right but the fact you know this it's a very scottish show and yet it's taken yeah. off
2: in america people love it it has i mean i think it, it it's you know scotland is one of the other characters in the show and it's there's so much drama to be had especially the historical side because there's time travel there's history um you know, and we stick very close to the history. But actually, now in the show, we're in America, um, yeah. and we're dealing with the American Revolution. Uh, but as I said, this time travel as well. So we do hop back and forth to Scotland.
0: Yeah, and I suppose when you started, you could never imagine that no. you'd be doing this ten years later. Right,
2: right. Yeah. No, when I got the job, and I remember my driver, who I'm, who's I still who drives me today, and I remember saying to him. You no, know, I don't know. This won't last longer than you know a season or two <laughs> max. You know, and there we are, eight seasons later and ten years. It's been an amazing journey. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's opened all these uh, opportunities to you. You now, you, like you were saying, you now create your own booze.
2: Yes, yes, peddling my own wares. But um, I do, yeah, I'm a big uh, passionate uh, Spirits fan and I created our multi-award winning Scottish whiskey, the Sassenach, which um, has won so many double gold medals but also now platinum at the Spirits Awards in New York. And, and uh, thank you, you very much. Yeah, thank you, thank well you. Done. Um, and we've collabed on a tequila and now we've just released our wild Scottish gin. So I'll have to, I'll have to bring you some. I'll do, you some. no, because whiskey's the hard one because it takes, you can't, you know, gin, if you make it
0: today, you can right. sell it tomorrow. Right. But whiskey takes a long
2: time. Hey, Dice, you've got to wait. And by the time you waited, you know, 20 years, you're you're much older. But um, no, this is a blended whiskey and I love, you know, the Japanese blends, the Asian blends. And I realised, you know, Scotland doesn't really have great blended whiskey. I mean, it's very famous for blended whiskey, but not so great premium stuff that is quintessentially Scottish. So we created this. I love it. It's delicious. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring you cases of it. And you uh, very bravely called it Sassanuk. I did. It's, it's, once you've had a few of our whiskies, it's easier to say, <laughs> but it is, it's, Sasak is an outsider or dare we say an English person. It used to be a derogatory term for an English person, but it is also the term uh, for, that my character uses it for his partner, his his lover, Claire. It's a term of endearment. Okay. And uh, so when do you wrap uh, Outlander? When, when do you? God yes, we wrap next year, uh, end of the year, probably around October. Um, Not till then, and that will be it. Yeah, we wow. go back the beginning of spring, uh, this twenty twenty four, and um, doing ten eps, and uh, we get to finish it. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, it really is bittersweet. I've been in fittings already, and I realized I was just having my fittings, like this is the last time I will be having my fittings ever on the show. It it. I started getting quite emotional about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are you? You're keeping the kilt, I presume i'm gonna i'm gonna steal as much as i can if it's not tied down it's going in the back of my car yeah i've got i've already taken a few things from set it is going to be so strange though after 10 years to suddenly oh oh i'm not that isn't happening yeah and i've spoken to you know other people about it i mean i I've just done this TV show on Channel 4 The Couple Next Door oh, yes. um, which has done very well it's the biggest streaming drama on Channel 4 yeah Eleanor um, Tomlinson was on the show she, yeah. exactly and I was talking to her because she did Poldark for a, a number of years as well and I was asking her you know what is it like and she said the same you know she was like you probably need therapy um, and a very strong drink but um, yeah it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big moment
0: yeah well congratulations on The Couple Next Door right? thank you yes. thank you yeah because yeah. how do you find time to do the you know to film something else to do these yeah. trips to create the books oh, I have
2: I have several versions of me AI versions.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing this uh, version today. Yes, thank you very this much. One,
2: this one is slightly hungover and tired. I think. <laughs> oh really? Well, you went? I went to. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Russell Tovey who I've worked oh, with. Oh, the talk, talk art. art. Yes. Yeah. 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 They are two brilliant guys, Robert and, and Russell, and they had their fifth anniversary last night. They've their two books, which are fantastic. Yeah. The um, New York Times bestsellers as well, I think, and uh, it was a great evening. It
0: was yeah. Really cool. uh, no, funny enough, because I went to the cabaret last night, mm. and self esteem is in that and she was off to that party as well oh I actually yes saw her yep. it's such a small show small- oh, this world oh yes gentleman. rubbing shoulders yeah. oh yeah. yes I was almost <laughs> at that party almost <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel
1: good about. Virgin Radio.